Welcome back to Alphonse Arena here in Orono, Maine. Merrimack and Maine. Uh, Merrimack leading 2-1 to one in our second intermission brought to you by Merrimack Graduate School. And uh, we're very happy to be chat with, chatting with uh, Chris Aliano from uh, Merrimack College. And uh, Chris, 40 minutes in the books, a 2-1 to one game, another close game between these two teams, another great uh, hockey East battle. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on what we've seen so far? Well, uh, well um, oh, sorry. I'll tell you, John, it's been uh, an entertaining game once again. Um, these two teams are, they look pretty evenly matched tonight. Uh, the first, peri- first period, uh, you know, Merrimack had a pretty handled, uh, handily led in, in shots on goal. And it's, it was just so funny to see the script kind of flipped after the shorthanded goal uh, last night. Kind of doomed Merrimack. Well, it contributed to the loss, obviously. They get their short their first shorthanded goal of the season tonight. Um, two goal, uh, two period leads have been something that obviously have been kind of since I think Yale, that game you missed, the only game you missed in my uh, six years here. So, obviously you don't want to jinx anything, but you got to feel pretty good knowing that Merrimack's been good at putting games away when they've left after 40 minutes, but I think we've still got some interesting hockey left, obviously. Uh, this is a main team that can score. This is a main team that's good at home. This is a main team that's probably been at their best. This is definitely their best season since, I want to say, at least 11-12, 12-13, certainly during the uh, the Red Gender era. Um, it, it, it's obviously a game that, that Merrimack's been opportunistic. Um, I think they could have had at least one more there. There was that one sequence where there was that traffic in front of Swayman. I don't know how he kept that out. Um, and at the other end, obviously, I think I heard you Mike uh, McMahon mention it drew over. Sums up your next season. Just this little tough luck bounce right there. Uh, Alfred Larson thought he cleared the puck. So it was perfect the way it was tipped straight up, straight right down to Nolan VC, and then he was able to set up the goal score at the back post there. Uh, in reality, I think Merrimack could have this game to nothing. Maybe even uh, they could have had at least one more. But uh, hey, they'll take a, a two period lead, obviously, and they've got a really important 20 minutes of hockey coming up. Well, you know, you and I talked before the game. You know, hockey is a funny game sometimes, and Merrimack has lost two straight overtime games. That has never happened in the D1 era. You and I were talking about that. The last time it happened, you have to go back to 1983. That's the year I graduated high school, and uh, not to date myself, but uh, that was back in the D2 days. I was uh, negative six and a half, uh, not to date myself, but in 1983, January of 83, we looked it up before the game, back in the D2 era, like you said. Um, So that right there. Pretty rare. It's been pretty rare that Merrimack found itself in consecutive consecutive overtime games. Um, And and just the fact that they've lost, it's been almost uh, over 30, 35 years since the last time it happened. That's pretty crazy. You know, sometimes you get so immersed in the history of it all and you just stop and think, wow, it's really that. Something like that hasn't happened in 35 years. So, cool to think about. Obviously, when you're on the losing end, it it kind of stings these last three games, really. I know Merrimack on a five-game losing these last three, really. The the Vermont series, you would love to have gotten at least a a split out of it. And they certainly played, I thought, well enough uh, on Saturday, even though I wasn't there. Sound like they certainly played well enough to get it. And last night, I mean, you you go to overtime, just a tough bounce there. Uh, You certainly thought you were in position to get at least a a tie out of last night as well. But, hey, here you are. Um, You've got to close out this third period, and you've got uh, five games left to play with. And the good news is, uh, hopefully we can talk a little bit about the standings and the time left. Uh, It's wide open at the bottom, so you can easily jostle yourself yourself into a home ice spot um, if you take care of business in the last three weeks. 
three and a half weeks of the regular season. Well, uh, Chris, yeah, we, we definitely will touch on that. Uh, but let's get a quick update on what's going on at Merrimack, you know, the winter season, uh, the, the women's hockey team. Let's start with them. Uh, what's on the horizon and how are they doing? Well, a really, really big win for them going down to a top ten team in Providence yesterday. Yeah, yesterday they took it to them. Uh, first win ever against Providence in the Division One in program era of three years, um, and they needed it. It's similar to the men's side. Um, it's a tight race at the bottom, unlike the men's side. In women's hockey, East, uh, eight out of nine make it. So you got to be an eighth. Not everyone makes it. Um, so that was huge for them. Weird weekend for them where they go down to Providence, uh, a top ten team. They came back home to campus, and today they went back up to, to Burlington, Maine. So you went to probably the southernmost destination in the, in the conference, now to the northernmost destination of the conference. They'll play tomorrow at one, uh, hopefully not distracted by a, a certain game that's happening tomorrow uh, evening. Um, and then obviously they'll play at one and come back to Merrimack, and they've got two weekends left in their regular season as well. Um, they made the playoffs last year, certainly historic first for them in their second year in the program history. It'd be really great to see if they can finish in seventh, maybe even sixth. They've shown that they can beat plenty of the top teams. Uh, they've got wins over BU, obviously a win over Providence, uh, a win against Maine. Those are two ranked teams right there that I've just mentioned. Um, so they're obviously in the hunt uh, for a playoff spot. Both basketball teams are certainly in the hunt as well. Uh, men are in second place in the Northeast 10 Conference, uh, their division, their respective division. And the women are right there in fourth, fifth, which is also a playoff spot. Uh, I think I've told Mike Mack the last time I was on and gave an update there. I think this is uh, Monique LeBlanc's best year as a coach. She was ravaged by injuries earlier in the, in the preseason and then earlier in the season. But they, they kept it together and obviously a really competitive NE10. Um, and they're in a playoff spot. I know they lost. They both lost at St. A's today. A couple, couple of close, tough games. But um, they've got the rest of, you know, they've got the Southern New Hampshire's, the Bentleys, the Stonehills. Some really important games coming up uh, over the month of February. And they will also start their playoffs right around the time where women's hockey and men's hockey um, are starting theirs as well. And I know the track and field team is uh, competing in the New England Championships today. I think it's still going on right now. I think down in the Reggie Lewis Center, um, which is kind of a nice, their first postseason race. I think they've got a couple more tune-ups before any tens a couple weekends from now. And uh, the women's swimming team, not to be forgotten, they have any tens, I believe, this week ahead, Thursday through Saturday. It's been a great winter. Um, but, you know, it's you get to February, and for all the sports, you're starting to sniff the postseason. And it could be really fun that end of February, early March. I think men's basketball certainly in NCAA position. Um, and the other teams, obviously, could be forces in the respective conference tournaments. So it's, it's going to be fun. I love this month. I love the end of February. And also, lacrosse season starts. Division One lacrosse started this weekend, which I just it blows my mind, especially in New England. Um, but obviously, men's lacrosse here coming off a national runner-up season. They get started on a couple weekends. They head right down to New York Tech, a huge regional match to start. Um, and then they'll be home right around that, that Saturday of the men's hockey East uh, opening round weekend. So long-winded way of saying February's a busy month. Also, uh, also uh, if we could just take a quick peek ahead to the spring, uh, what's what's going on with the baseball team now? The baseball team is, they're actually getting started uh, next weekend down in South Carolina. The same limestone team that uh, beat men's across in the national championship game, but uh, different programs, obviously. It's so funny that Division II baseball gets to start a little bit earlier. I think they started last weekend, but I know some Division II teams are in action already down in Florida. Um, so baseball is 
starting a little bit early for them. After the uh, second weekend of February, and you know they've got obviously they'll be playing um, all around the area as far as their home venues are concerned. I know they're uh, they've locked up St. John's Prep, uh, the stadium where the Nashua, I believe, the Silver Knights of the FCBL play. Uh, they've got a couple games bearing, and then uh, the softball team, uh, women's across, men's across. Obviously, it's going to be really fun to have them uh, playing in their next stadium. And softball, obviously, playing at the New Haven Purpose for Field. Uh, it's going to be cool to see softball on a turf field here on campus. Um, but I know your, your question was about baseball, uh, but I kind of opened up to, to all the spring sports. It's weird. It's you know, it's negative whatever degrees up here, and we're talking about spring sports. But, I mean, that's just the, cro- the beauty of the crossover season. Um, they start up in a couple of weeks, and you know, we're right at it. Well, Chris, uh, just finishing up on, uh, on men's hockey here. Now, we've got a big game out of UMass Tuesday night, huge in terms of uh, the standings. You've also got the UNH coming up on the 16th. That's another team that's uh, Merrimack's battling for. And, you know, after Tuesday night, you've got three of the last four at home. You've got that big weekend with Lowell. A lot to look forward to. And, and you know, as you said, uh, home ice still very much uh, uh, a possibility. It absolutely is, especially where they're, you know, they started today, I think, two points back of eight, but I mean, anything could happen, obviously, on any given night. I think the way the UMass UNH game is playing tonight, you know, it's going to be, you kind of want to hope for a tie, just, uh, you know, you mitigate the damage in either direction, but Tuesday's huge, tonight's huge, New Hampshire, that game is obviously huge. You get BU at home, you played them tough last time, you arguably could have beaten them, um, but it's great to obviously, you're going to be playing them at home, especially where BU's playing a little bit, uh, they're a little hotter as of late, um, and then obviously that whole series to, to conclude the year. I don't know about you guys, but every time I've seen Lowell in person, especially when they're playing Merrimack these last few years, I don't know what it is. Norm Bay's in. If he, uh, I don't know if he just coaches them up a certain way, but they always really impress me. I know they've been up and down, much like the whole league, um, but that series has always been tough, and it's going to be a you know a huge way to close out the year, especially if you're um, jockeying for that home ice spot. It's going to be a really fun and entertaining you know last few weeks of the regular season. Really quick before I let you go, Dick, Dick Humilly will be making his final appearance, regular season appearance at Merrimack. Uh, anything planned? Um, you know, I, I know we were talking about possibly getting some uh, photo framed. I know the last time the two teams played, um, we went out of our way to hopefully get a, a photo of when uh, Coach Zanahi and, and Humilly were uh, shaking hands after the game. Obviously, you know how much he's meant to that program and all of Hockey East, so it'll be cool uh, to see him. And you never know, John, I mean, the last two postseasons. Yeah, right. So, so we'll see. But uh, you know, I, I, I think we'll do something that is you know appropriate, respectful, and I'm sure you know Dick Humilly and former Merrimack associate head coach Glenn Stewart, that whole staff. Uh, I'm sure they're going to appreciate it on the 16th. All right, Chris, we always appreciate uh, having the chance to talk with you. Uh, again, thanks for all you do, and uh, go Warriors here in the third. My pleasure, John. Thank you, and great job for everything you do as well. Thank you very much. That's Chris Aliano, uh, who is a jack of all trades here at Merrimack College. We rely on him for uh, quite a bit, and we thank Chris for spending a few moments with us. We'll take a break. We'll be back with our third period in a moment. Merrimack 2, Main 1, and you're tuned in to Merrimack Warrior Hockey right here on the Merrimack Sports Network. 